0: Hello and welcome to The Poetry Exchange. I'm Michael Schaefer,
1: And I'm Fiona Bennett.
0: Lovely to be back with you. Nice to see you,
1: Faye. Great to see you, Michael. Did you have a good birthday? A lovely birthday, thanks, yeah. yeah. You took the weekend off, I believe. I did, yeah, didn't do any work. Yes. Yeah. Nice. you've been working today, though. I have, yeah. Haven't you been with a baseball bat or something?
0: No, I'm not allowed to say anything. About oh, what. I'm, can't, I, discuss I'm it. under embargo.
1: Oh, very good. Yeah. Speaking of embargo. Yeah. Are we allowed to tell anyone?
0: We're not sure if we're allowed to tell anyone. Um, so, uh, oh, But wow. we're going to tell you anyway, because <laughs> that would be boring. You can't tease and then not say. We're very excited to have been approached by Latitude, the, the festival, uh, the arts festival that's held every year. Uh, we've been asked by them to do a live recording of the podcast uh, in a venue there called The Listening Post, which I believe is a new venue for for this year's festival. And so we're going to be recording uh, an episode of the podcast in front of an audience of up to 250 people, I believe. It's something we haven't done before. So Fiona and I uh, are going to get our heads together and try and work out what that might look like and how that might uh, slightly change what it is we do. But We'll see. It's going to be a surprise to everyone, really. It's a bit of an unknown territory, I suppose. Which is great. Which is terrific. It's really exciting to find out, um, you know, where it can go. Uh, this idea of poems as friends and, and talking to people about poems that have had a, a special place in their life. Very exciting. Yeah. So this month we're bringing you an episode that was uh, recorded at Manchester Central Library, another one from there. And uh, it's a young woman called Yasmin. Uh, who we were really pleased to meet. She'd come a long way to see us, hadn't she? she made a special journey she had. to see us. Do you remember? She had. From Liverpool.
1: From Leeds. No, from
0: Leeds. She's originally from Liverpool, but, she'd, uh, but she lives in Leeds, and she'd come from Leeds to see us.
1: So without further ado, let's have this month's episode. So you'll be listening to Michael and myself talking about... The Guest House by Rumi, the poem that's been a friend to Yasmin.
0: Um, Yasmin, would you mind reading it out loud for us?
2: <laughs> this being human is a guest house, every morning a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness.
0: Where did you first come across this?
2: I think I came across this in my teenage years when I was in school. Um, And it was sort of introduced to Rumi via a teacher, I assume. I can't really remember um, where exactly, but it's something that I've carried with me throughout my adulting phase, I guess you could call it, from school, throughout university, into my first job. And I probably look at it, almost every day now um (laughs) yeah i know it's i think it's just a good message to start the day off um i like to read it in the morning when i first wake up and i've recently started like mindfulness and meditation in the mornings so it fits really well and it's quite a well-known poem in that sort of sphere but yeah i just love it
0: (laughs) do you have it in a book no i just have
2: this one on my wall so when I wake up... You've got it on your wall. Yeah, walls. I just read it, yeah. I like the wall facing my bed, so it's the first thing that I see. Yeah, I don't. I think this one out of all of his poems probably resonates the most with me. And that's why I, I look at it so often.
0: I like the sense that it's almost, there's a kind of ritualistic mm. thing almost. And, and what does it sort of do for you?
2: I think it's just a reminder that no matter how the day goes or what happens... What doesn't happen, I think it just reminds me to be able to go through the day as presently as I can and take in as much of it as I can um, and not just sort of fly by and go into work and then come home and go to bed again. (laughs) Um, It's sort of just a reminder that there's a lesson in everything and everyone. Um, Everyone you meet can teach you something, you can teach them something. Every experience you have is a learning curve, so I think That's what it is, and I think the balance between the good and the bad in the poem um, and sort of the message of accepting everything is quite powerful um, to be able to be reminded of that every morning.
0: I think this is terrific, I love it. Mm. That thing of welcoming, welcome and entertain them all. You know, um, joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Great.
2: Yeah. I think as well um, Rumi being like a Muslim poet is very, like it relates to me a lot. And the message in this poem in particular um, reminds me of a verse in the Quran which is, verily with hardship comes ease. And it's something that's repeated a lot in the Muslim community because I guess you could sort of compare it to yin and yang. With every hardship comes ease, just means that no matter what happens, something good will come afterwards and there's always a lesson in the bad. Mm. And then that provides an opportunity for the good. Mm. Um, So again, it ties in well with just how I live my life generally, Mm. I think, Mm. on the basis of my religion.
0: Mm. And do you pray as well?
2: Yeah,
0: I do pray. So what's the order of things? Wake up, read the poem? Wake up, pray? I'm I'm fascinated by people's morning rituals, actually. Mm,
2: mm. (laughs) Well, for prayer times, you have specific times that you would pray in. So, for example, the morning prayer is probably around half past four or five in the morning. So if I can, I'll probably try and go back to sleep. And then once I wake up to start my working day, then I'd read this. I think... I don't... I just think... um, Prayer in Islam is like the fundamental basis of your religion. Mm. So you're supposed to work your life around prayer, not prayer around your life. Mm. And that's what I try to do. As much as I love this poem, it could never replace that feeling of prayer. Mm. And with the Rumi, when you read it, do you ever read, do you ever voice that out? Um, No, I think with the uh, poem, it's more of an internal thing. So I just read it in my head and then just take it in like that. Mm. I think it sounds weird, but if I read it aloud every morning, I would probably, it probably wouldn't have the same effect, just because it'd become an action that I would have to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Have you shared it with other people, with friends or anything?
2: Yeah, uh, I do share it a lot. Mm. <laughs> it's become like an annoyance now, I think, to some people, because <laughs> 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 I'm just like, oh, yeah. If, you know, if people say something's happened, I'm like, oh, well, look at this. Yeah.
0: There's something interesting in that first line here. This being human is a guest. Ha- it's like automatically he's somehow kind of just taking a perspective from outside of mm. being in amongst the mm. daily thing isn't he? Just in that this being human he's kind of straight away going look at it from out here
1: yeah yeah
2: I think the reason why he's stated that as it is is because that is what we believe we, there's a large emphasis on the soul rather than the human human form so It is like, again, another message is that this world is temporary. It's not everything and there is another life after this. So I think the emphasis is on the soul being housed just in this experience or this body, this form of this world. Mm. Um, But then again, it, it could just be a metaphor of life, I guess. And that
0: this is kind of one phase that we go through, the human yeah. phase, if you yeah. like, of occupying these bodies. Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah, I think it's very interesting, you know, because you have the clearing out of the furniture, which feels quite, I mean, that's quite a, it's quite a big image that as well, isn't it? It's sort of like it's going to sweep it from the house and, and it's, it's you almost feel slightly violent, you know, kind of, ooh, yes, yeah, yeah, sorry, violently sweep. But that's all quite big and quite visual, Mm -hmm. almost as if the poem's gonna come to its end. And then there's this little, lovely, so helpful two lines of the dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing.
2: Yeah. I think there's probably nothing more dangerous than not recognising events as they happen. Um, Because then you end up bottling things up and then it'll probably come out in an explosive way a few months later or a year later or however long it may be. So I think it is important, as you say, to take things and just
1: look at them for what they are. Has there been a phase in your life when you haven't had this kind of wisdom that you have from the Quran, from the poem? Because mm-hmm. it seems to me you've really got something here that is yeah. working for you and I, to me it's always like, how did you get that wisdom?
2: Yeah. I know. I yeah. know. Um, I'm not really sure uh, because I, I could sometimes describe myself as quite passive. So mm. things might just happen. And I think before all of this introspection and reflection that that I've been doing recently, it's it was just a case of just burying things. Like mm. it wasn't anything specific, um, but just like ignoring things. And it was just a case of saying. Do you know what, like as much as I'm trying to ignore it, it is affecting me. Mm. And then being able to just evaluate how I could get over it, really. Um, and I think, especially for young people today, a lot of people have just like anxiety over just anything, really. And I think that's another part of it as well. Like some days I might be completely anxious and it's just like, okay, why, why am I feeling like this? It's probably because of something that's happened maybe a while ago um, that I haven't really addressed. Um, And I think with anxiety, you make associations with places and people. And again, if you don't address those things, it can just exacerbate the anxiety. So I think that's where it really started. Um, Mm. But again, nothing specific, it's just
1: experience of life. But that, that tells me, you know, I mean, I hadn't realised that quite so fully that there was a time when you didn't have these full, these rituals in place in the mm. same way, and, mm. and it seems to me that this processing, mm. whilst it's got acceptance in it, it's actually allowing you to be more actively kind of engaged yeah. in whatever it is. Yeah.
0: It is ongoing. Mm. And it is it is daily. I mean, yeah. it's really interesting that it's a daily mm. thing for you, because mm. I think as a, as a as a process, I think that is it's not like you can do it once.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no. It's every morning, yeah. a new arrival, as Rumi tells us.
1: Mm. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely.
0: It's all here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it is one it of is. those... That I, it, it is. I, yeah,
0: I love it. I think there's a, I really think there's an awful lot of wisdom, as the word you use, for mm-hmm. in, in that. Mm. We asked people um, if they could characterise the poem as a friend. What kind of a friend mm. would it be?
2: Um, I think just it would probably be that friend that you go to that, that you know is going to give you the best advice non-judgmental, sees every aspect of the issue. I think that's what kind of character it would have, I guess.
1: Mm.
0: It seems to me that you've, I don't know, you've got a lot of awareness or you've made a lot of realisations about yourself and growing up and all sorts of stuff like that. And I'm going, God, Jesus.
1: I was nowhere near that, yeah. kind of Absolutely age. not, no. Do you know what I mean? I know, I know. I think a
2: lot of it comes from the experience of being a black Muslim woman in today's world, though. Like, it's right. unfortunate that the reason why I've gotten to the stage is through a lot of difficulties. Um, if you, I mean, if you just look at the climate towards Muslims in general in the West, mm-hmm. it's... Again, going back to just a lot of young people with anxiety just about who they are. Growing up anyway, you don't really know who you are and what you like and what you're doing. But when the media is constantly telling you what you are or the politicians or government are telling you (laughs) that you're a terrorist and you're not welcome in this country and your way of life is not acceptable, you do grow grow up questioning a lot of your beliefs and your identity. So I think um, that's played a huge role in, I think, my development going into adulthood. Mm. I think like being born in Liverpool and growing up in Liverpool, but then being from Somali parents who came here in the 90s, it's just like a mix of different stuff. And then being Muslim on top of that, and then being a Scouser is an identity in itself. That's like right. yeah. It's just a lot to deal with, I think, growing up. So you don't really know who you are in that sense, mm-hmm. but it's just taking different aspects of each of those things and then determining for yourself where, where you want to be in this world, which I think is what a lot of young people are doing now.
0: Mm-hmm. And is that sort of ongoing for you? Kind of, I don't know, perhaps the processing of how you feel you are uh, reflected in the media mm. or in the news or by politicians? Is that yeah. a sort of a continuous, ongoing thing for you, how you deal with that?
2: Um, I think a, a few years ago, I was probably a bit more active in pointing out, like, all the rubbish things that the media and government government are doing. But um, that just made me really angry. <laughs> mm. And I just became, like, really frustrated all the time because mm. it's just constantly in your face, like... And like i said i just got like really angry for a while and from then on i decided to create this website that i have now which is a platform for like muslim women to be able to um represent themselves and share their own stories and experiences and any work like we have artists and poets and loads of different stuff on there um and it's just a space to be able to say look this is who we really are if you want to hear what we're about Come over here. If not, then keep spouting your nonsense over there, and it's not going to affect us.
0: What's the website called?
2: It's called Halcyon. So it's Halcyon. Yeah. H-A-L-C-Y-O-N. Yeah. Um, Which obviously relates to going back to a time of tranquillity and peace and perfection, which is probably never going to happen. But it's idealistic.
0: But I think potentially, you know, in a way, anger is the a appropriate emotional response, yeah, sure. but it's about what you do with it, yeah. mm-hmm. and 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 that takes me back to the poem. Mm. That if mm. you kind of harden around and into that feeling, mm. it's going to be tricky for you.
2: Yeah.
0: If you if you invite that feeling in and you look at it, then you can start to work a bit more creatively with it, yeah. as you have done, mm. and mm. build something. Mm. Use that as an energy to help. Mm. create yeah. something mm. and mm. Yeah. and then that reminds me of your through hardship comes ease yeah.
1: is there anything we haven't asked you about that you think oh, I did wanna um. I guess I would say, generally,
2: I think the reason why this poem really relates to me is because it it does tie in with my religion a lot. And obviously, my religion is a daily thing. And the message in this poem is reflective of a lot of the messages in the Qur'an. Mm. Yeah, just that line, this being human is a guest host. I mean, it really is, like... This world, as I say, is a temporary world. Not everything is as serious as we make out. Mm. It's just a case of being and just experiencing things as they are and not, just not being too bogged down by the everyday realities,
1: I mm. guess. The Guest House This being human is a guest house... Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honourably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond.
0: And that was Fiona with the gift reading at the end there. Our thanks of course to Yasmin for allowing us to use the conversation and to Penguin and the translator Coleman Barks for giving us permission to publish it here. If you wanted to check out the website that Yasmin set up, you can find it at halcyonmaguk.com and uh, we'll put a link in the description page. If you are also going to Latitude, Please do come and find us in the listening post. Uh, We'll be recording the podcast there. And uh, come say hi if you're a listener. It'd be really nice to meet you.
1: And whether you're coming to Latitude or not, whether you're in the UK or wherever you may be listening from, it's really great to have people in touch and telling us about the poem that's been a friend to them. So please do get in touch via Twitter or on the website or whatever's easiest for you
0: that's about it for this month. We'll be back with you next month for another episode of Poems as Friends. Until then, thank you for listening.